Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I am delighted to bring on my friend Finn, who I have known, well, since our kids started kindergarten. And I'm going to do something a little different this time. Uh, you know me. I, my name is Michelle Lassley, and I use the pronouns uh, she, her, hers. And Finn, welcome. Hi, everybody out there. Uh, my name is Finn. And I use pronouns they and them and their. Um, and I'm coming to you from one of my small, tiny houses. It's in my RV. And so you'll hear the rain if you listen closely, because it's been only raining for the last month. Um, you'll hear the rain in the background. So hopefully that will help you and me chill out a little bit. Awesome. That sounds great. So tiny houses and sustainability are just one of the things that Finn and I like to talk about. And I am so sorry that we can't talk like every day and plan what the future should look like for our whole world. <laughs> but maybe this space will give us some time to co-create a beautiful future. That sounds like a great idea. I, I do spend every day, I think, thinking about tiny houses and tiny spaces. So any day you want to talk about it, I'm available. Awesome. All right. I think I want to start with the phrase you shared, corporate dropout. What the heck is that? <laughs> Well, um, corporate dropout is somebody who intentionally leaves the corporate environment and chooses to stay out um, mm -hmm. and work on kind of radical world-changing ideas is how I would define that for myself. I was working, yeah, I was working in a law firm as an IT manager, yeah. um, was paid really well, had lots of money, lots of prestige, um, and it didn't work for me. Um, my yeah. stress was killing me. I, my face was going numb, my heart, my blood pressure was going up, and my body just kind of went, eh, you're done, this isn't working for you. And so I've been in a process of discovery for the last five years to figure oh, out awesome. what I'm doing, where I'm going, what that will look like. Awesome. So discovery is actually something, one of the reasons that I want to hold this podcast and why I want to have it. Uh, a couple, I'm going to, I might mention this again later, but in one of the interviews with um, an empath business leader, Laura Rowe, one of the things I kept, we kept talking about was if you're not dead yet, you still have something to learn. <laughs> so in some aspect, and what I would, I would love to see is if we could all embrace that we're in this path of discovery. And I think you've known probably your whole life, you're in a path of discovery. And that sort of meandered in different ways and with different, uh, sex of belief and all that. Can you talk a little bit about the beliefs that guide you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think one of the beliefs that guides me, and I actually felt like you, it encapsulated this really well in your New, Year, New Year's resolutions, um, which is we were all born with a question that needed to be answered when we were born. Um, and I don't know what that question is, but mm -hmm. I feel like my life is a process process of answering these questions about myself. And one of those is being the best person I can be. Um, I think that's probably true for everybody. The other is to live a life of passion and live a life of justice. Mm. So those things have guided me a lot. Also living close to the earth and being really conscious of how I live, my impact on my environment, as well as my impact on other people. Mm -hmm. um, 
So those kind of things have really guided me. I love doing things for myself. That is, that is my, that is one of my passions. Like if there's stuff that needs to be done around the house, I'm not hiring it out. I do it. And it's a great learning process. So um, there's a, a coach, a popular coach. Her name is Marie Forleo and she likes to use the figure outable uh-huh. thing. Like everything is figure outable. And I think like one aspect, you definitely embody that for sure. Can we compare and contrast a little bit for a second? Uh-huh. So one hand in your life, you li- you said you were corporate world, right? And yep. then that didn't work. Clearly joy was not happening. I mean, you, you shared that, right? Yes. And so now I'm guessing, well, no, yeah, because you've done some other things. Like uh, you have done some other, um, like t- tell me about Wilderness Way and how that, maybe not that specifically, mm-hmm. but that kind of thinking of taking church into the wild mm-hmm. has helped you reclaim your joy with your connection to the earth. Yeah. Um, so just a little background on Wilderness Way. Wilderness Way is um, a community. It's a faith community. It's not necessarily grounded in any particular belief, um, but it does have a lot of, uh, it does look at the Bible and Christian teachings quite a bit because that's the background most of us come from. And it kind of helps us dissect the Christian beliefs um, and figure out what we're going to do with them. Um, So three of the main like pillars of Wilderness Way is Shalom, Jubilee, and Sabbath. Mm. And so those are the three pillars that we sit on, basically, and our foundation is based on um, shalom being that we work for justice and try to create Mm. peace in our environment, whether that's in a large world scale, a smaller community, small community scale, or individually in our relationships with other people and ourselves. Um, The Sabbath is making sure that we make sure we rest. So taking that time, and this is really important to what I'm trying to create now, is taking that time to breathe and become grounded in what you believe and what you feel called to do. Mm. Um, And without Sabbath, that seventh day, you know, that Christian concept of the seventh day of rest, without that rest time, we get wound up in the busyness of every day and we forget our relationships with one with other people, with ourselves, and with the earth. So the Sabbath is a really important part of it. And then Jubilee is the belief that we can free ourselves from debt, from poverty, from wealth, mm. and all those things that come with that. Like we can mm-hmm. free ourselves from that measurement of how good or how bad we are. Oh, um, love it. Yeah. And that there's enough. That's the basic premise, is there is enough for everyone. If we all live sustainable lives, there is enough for everyone. Can we pick apart that a little bit more? Absolutely. So uh, as I kind of talked about when I was sort of kind of getting into when I mentioned Laura, is I really love talking to my empathic friends, especially my empathic business people. Mm -hmm. And I love this growing acceptance that there's lots of different ways to do business, especially when we bring the emotion and our intuition into it. And we use these as guiding principles. That said, 
in this circle of empathic business people, we love to talk about the law of abundance. Mm -hmm. Part of it is belief in figuring out what it means. What is manifestation? What is attraction? I meant to say law of attraction and abundance. You have, your take is more on this enough. Uh And so can you kind of share where you might differ from that thinking and where you've sort of landed? So I think some of the difference between, I think there's a lot of similarities. So let me say that first. Um, But I think the difference is, is that in an enough kind of a framework, it means that I share. It Mm. doesn't mean that things are just coming to me. It means that I share my wealth. It means I share my tools, which are very valuable to me. (laughs) It means I share my skills and my talents. Mm -hmm. And and people reciprocate in whatever way they can. Um, and oftentimes that's not a money reward, so to speak. So that's the kind of, that's the concept is that if we live in community and we share our resources and share our talents and gifts, there is enough. Um, mm. And one of the ways that Wilderness Way celebrates this is literally through what you would traditionally call communion, mm-hmm. is that we share bread with one another and there's always enough doesn't matter what size the group there is there is always enough and i could go totally on my theological background on this if you want to but i will leave that out we'll link those in the show notes if you want okay (laughs) um we are just almost at about 15 minutes in our chat and so i wanted to pause and take a little break but when we come back I want to build on this and talk about this really beautiful community that you're building with your partner. Absolutely. That'd be great. Welcome back. I have been talking with my friend Finn about basically co-creating a magical future that we all can share in and enjoy together. So you and your partner have a beautiful place on Whidbey Island, and you have a lovely name for it. Can you tell me about this place? It's called Magdalena Acres, and it's, it's on Whidbey Island, which is south, the island south of the San Juans, hmm. um, and you get to there from, it's north of Seattle, um, but south of the can- Canadian border, but not by much. <laughs> so um, that's Whidbey Island. Our place is on the south end, which is primarily a rural environment. Um, there's a lot of ecological interest in that area and keeping it rural. rural. Um, so our place sits on the south end. It sits on a lake, a small private lake that used to be a peat bog that they've farmed out. So now it's turned into a wildlife sanctuary. Um, it's five acres. And it's five acres surrounded by woods, surrounded by nature. You don't hear the rest of the world. Mm. So other than sometimes some small planes flying overhead, Mm -hmm. what you're hearing are your neighbors. You're hearing the animals. You occasionally hear a car driving by, but in general, it's a quiet place. You hear a lot of bird calls. You just get in touch with nature because it surrounds you there. I love that. So you and your partner, Catherine, are both really creative and innovative. And you're creating something there. What are you trying to create? 
So what we're trying to create is a small community and a community that has both long-term residents and short-term residents, and it's based in a sustainable environment. So that means a lot of different levels of sustainability. One is to try to reduce, keep our carbon footprint as small as we can. So an example of that is anybody who comes takes whatever garbage they create out with them. And one of the reasons why we do this is because we want people to understand how much they consume on a daily basis. Mm. So in particular, we focus on one-use one plastic, of how much mm -hmm. one-use plastic you use every day, because that's the stuff we find washing up on our beaches all the time. Um, but it's also other things, like how much whole, full, whole foods you're using, because if you have a whole food, you can throw it out to the chickens, you can throw it out to the birds, you can throw it out to the rabbits, and someone's going to use it. You can put it in the worm bin. Um, so we really try to keep things sustainable. We have a garden there, organic garden, um, that we... It was like, who is, who is telling you these horrible things? <laughs> you know, or where are you getting this message from? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's my own brain. You know, it's like <laughs> soil and green, it's made of people. Um, and, but I wouldn't say that that stopped it in its tracks, not by any right. means. I think it just helped me acknowledge it. And it was good for me to say those things aloud in front of my husband, mm -hmm. um, you know, so that he could know what I was feeling. And also, you know, just so we could share that what each other is going through. There were so many transitions at that period of our life. Um, and so it's important to connect with your partner. Um, I think that I'm 47 and I think that um, my age has played a big role in it. Mm. I kind of just don't care about some things anymore. Mm -hmm. um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I still get tied up in things and then um, you know that I was a really active volunteer mm -hmm. in a nonprofit organization for a long time um, and I had the sense that it was time for me to just step away and do something different, let someone else take over. And I had a lot of guilt about that. Um, and, you know, but just over time, I um, decided to, well, and you helped me. I remember talking to you about that. And you really helped me decide that it's okay to do that and set a timeline for myself and say, you know, if you don't find someone to take your position by this date, then you just still need to step away. Um, and it was great. It was great to just sort of get that permission from you, even though, I mean, you're not a part of the organization, but just someone else giving you permission to not do something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was a, it was a therapist for me early on in our marriage. Right. So I shared kiddo wasn't planned. And so we had a lot of stress early on and we, uh, we started with marriage counseling that ended up being me counseling, which was great. And I was talking to her about an event that was going to happen and I wasn't looking forward to it. And she said, Hey, do you know about boundaries? <laughs> uh. <laughs> so this is back in 2009 mm -hmm. and, you know, and I'm thinking, well, of course I know, you know, a fence boundary, but I, at that point had no idea what a boundary as far as 
that goes. Now, listening to this, you have to listen to the interview I did with Laura Rowe, where we definitely talk about empaths and boundaries. And she defined a boundary. And I love this because it's the clearest, simplest boundary. And if you look at some resources, like I, some of my favorite are um, Henry Clown and John Townsend, who do a ton of work on boundaries. And I'll link some of those books, like Safe People, which is what was recommended to me in the show notes. But a boundary is simply where you end and where I begin. And other people split them up into different things. Like you could have um, just your basic personal space. You could have time boundaries, family boundaries, sexual boundaries, like the money boundaries, the list goes on and how you want to split it up. But if you think, think about it, those terms. So, so there was that. And then I think it was probably that therapist who then gave me permission. And this is my favorite thing, permission to say no. Mm-hmm. And the reminder that no is a complete sentence. Yeah. You don't, you don't to have explain to explain yourself. You don't have to say no, but I can do it next Tuesday. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you have a hair appointment. Yeah. You would rather skip out on this event. That's really important to your community because you have that hair appointment and you know how difficult it is to reschedule with your hairdresser. And it's important for you to feel good in your body. And one way you do that is by having a good haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's so true. And I think I've learned that more as I've gotten older, that it's okay to say no. You know, um, I think I had a hard time when I very first started saying staying home because I thought, oh my gosh, okay, now I have all this time. I have a newborn and a preschooler, but look at all this time because I'm not teaching middle school, Um, which of course is totally ridiculous. Um, (laughs) But... I started saying yes to all these things. You know, mm. I started volunteering at school and doing this and doing that. And because um, it looks like there's a break in the calendar. Right. <laughs> um, and then when the kids got older, I, you know, things change um, and you have different obligations and you have different time slots. Um, but it was really exciting sort of the first few times that I said no, <laughs> especially at like school events, you know, they're like, Erica, can you help out with whatever? And I'd be like, oh no, sorry. And then I would walk away and I feel a little bit guilty, but the <laughs> joy I felt was so much greater than the guilt. <laughs> mm. Mm. All right. So we've had yeah. a couple of things that we've mentioned that has have helped us in our transformation. Uh, I'm now 42. So, so both of us have uh, graduated from our twenties and thirties. So that has been, I think, uh, a step. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not there yet, it's okay. You'll get there. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> right. Uh, somebody else, an external source giving us permission to, to have boundaries and say no in different ways. Um, what else do you think has helped in your transformation to be able to, to accept and let go of mom guilt? I don't know, maybe gaining more confidence. And I think that comes with age too. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that there are more messages now than there were 10 years ago or so about, Mm -hmm it's okay to say no and it's okay to, you know, not make a homemade, you know, fondant brownies for the bake sale. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we're getting that message more than the opposite. I feel like we're 
getting the it's okay to say no message um, more than we're getting the you need to do this and this and this to be a perfect awesome. parent. I don't know. And maybe that's just my community too. And Yeah. I don't know if it's just Portland or what. Yeah. I, I hope that is. Cause like on one hand, we definitely have the Pinterest world, right? Where, right. you know, everything is these beautiful pictures. But now we have the Pinterest fails too, which frankly I yeah. enjoy more than Pinterest. <laughs> yes. And TV shows that talk about the Pinterest fails, uh-huh. which I think would like maybe popularize it a little more. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, maybe we're getting to the stage where things are more humanized. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's always going to be this ridiculous, I don't know, level that maybe people try and reach and attain. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I feel like the the (laughs) movement of the average. I don't know (laughs) the movement of it's okay. Mm-hmm. Is, is gaining momentum. I would love it if we could talk about some essential oils that have helped. Like for example, with regard to boundaries, there's a couple oils that I know if I'm feeling like somebody, or if I'm feeling like I need some support with boundaries, a couple of my favorite oils are uh, Melaleuca, mm-hmm. On Guard, and Clove, which are really great at helping with boundaries. There's a couple oils like lemongrass, which is really clearing. Mm-hmm. Lemongrass and melaleuca together can help you. Know, so if if you do find that there has been somebody who has been infringing on your boundaries, and maybe like um, sometimes we like to use the word uh, energy vampire <laughs> <laughs> and sucking your energy in ways that you didn't necessarily give them permission, like clearing that energy. Uh, so lemongrass and melaleuca can be really great for that. Um, have so so in my home. I definitely, as part of like that mom guilt and moving beyond and creating the environment that I actually want to live in, I definitely use my oils to support mood. So like, for example, when I first started using oils, I wanted a more uplifting mood in my house mm-hmm. instead of the, the, oh, ugh, I don't like work and it's dreary out. Oh, I don't want to go to school. And so I started diffusing citrus bliss mm-hmm. all the time. And I swear to God, within a month, there was a turn shift mm-hmm. in the household m- mood. And, uh, and so now I, I tend to go like, like, uh, and I'm very, I'm going to have to look this up. I'm diffusing Litzia mm. and Carl downstairs right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll look that up in a, in a bit and explain some of the benefits of Litzia, but uh, it's not a common one that we use here in the U S it's not right. the promotion a couple of years ago. So do you, do you find that you turn to oils to help? Um, manage anything like that? Yeah, no, I definitely do. Um, um, you know, I have three kids. They're all in school. No one uh, is a huge fan of school in my house, which just kills me for lots of reasons. But, <laughs> and um, my youngest is the opposite of a morning person. She's not a night owl, but that kid would sleep until 10 every day if we let her. Um, so it's hard to get people up and moving in my house mm-hmm. in the morning. So I find almost every morning, um, um, before the kids are out of bed, I'm diffusing, uh, elevation and peppermint. I mm. really like those two together. I like, you know, elevation is bright and sunny. Um, and it's pretty, it has a pretty strong aroma. 
Mm-hmm. And I really like the addition of peppermint because I think it cuts the sweetness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just kind of kicks it up a notch. And so I feel like that's a fabulous way for my family to start their morning mm-hmm. um, and get out the door. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with cold season, I just diffuse a ton of on guard and breathe mm. all the time. And on guard is the protective blend. Yeah. So not only are you getting that great support for the immune system, you're getting that secondary emotional support just because you're diffusing it. Yeah. And that one's great too. So over the holidays, we were with a ton of family. (laughs) And so I was diffusing that everywhere we went too, because Uh I thought, you know what, everybody needs a little bit of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and we didn't want to share our colds with everybody mm-hmm. that we were seeing. Yeah. So, so ones I think, I think there's right another off. thing that we've created and that's a ritual mm-hmm. using, using the oils ritually. And then some of these other patterns, which that's another thing that you get into um, when, when you engage in this fairly typical, I, I would I dare say sort of, you know, when you agree to send your kids to school regularly and you, you do, you, you have these patterns and rhythms that you just engage in, right. You get up every day and that in yeah. itself is a ritual. And then how you choose to support that ritual by, you know, maybe the coffee is brewing for you and you've got these diffusing oils so that the whole house is uplifted and, uh, and then how you choose to wake up. So like making conscious, intentional choices to set the tone in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I have found, you know, some mornings for whatever reason, um, usually what we do is we set the coffee maker the night before. So it has a yes. timer and goes off yeah. so that it's ready when I walk downstairs. Um, sometimes that doesn't happen for whatever reason. Um, and I find that I just am so sad when I realize that I've come downstairs and my coffee is not ready for me. And you know, what's it going to take 10 minutes to brew the pot? Maybe you know, not much, but you're right. It's that sort of like, okay, now I'm up, I'm awake. I got myself out of bed but I'm going to go have a cup of coffee and it's going to be great, but it's not there. And I find too that um, I feel like when I take the step of setting up the diffuser before Mm -hmm. the kids are up, I feel like I have different people coming downstairs into the kitchen than if I forget or it just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with radical acceptance, moving beyond mom guilt, we have taken some of those favorite taught classes and continued them. Uh, so for example, well, our first class is going to be on, on January 23rd. So if you're in the Portland metro area, please join us. We are going to meet in the evening. That Eventbrite link will be in the show notes as well. Uh, we would love for you to come. We will talk more about this theme of, of transforming and moving beyond mom guilt. That class is going to be an intro to the theme, and we're also going to have an oil exchange. I love that. I'm so glad that we have incorporated that into a couple of our classes because I find, and I think anyone who has used oils for a while probably Mm -hmm. finds, that they have oils that either um, somehow they acquired um, that they don't particularly like or they don't use, or maybe they have three bottles of something and they really don't need that many. 
Um, and so our idea is to get together so that we can have an exchange and I'll trade mm -hmm. you this for that. And, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Yes, very much. The following week, we're going to start out with um, regrounding our basics with Essential Oils 101, and that'll be on January 30th. And then a week after that, on February 6th, we are going to talk about intimacy. And I gotta tell you, I have a lot of guilt around intimacy, about all the things that one could have guilt with, with regard to intimacy. Mm -hmm. And Essential Oils have absolutely helped support that. Uh, and we'll talk about that more at that class, but last year, we made some special blends to support maybe your Valentine's Day celebrations <laughs> or your <laughs> any day of celebrations or your <laughs> celebrations if your kids are at camp or <laughs> so you'll definitely want to join us for that one that one is going to be a ton of fun we'll follow that up with things like gut health and there's another area of guilt, right? So how are you eating? Are you eating, you know, are we eating right? Do everybody has uh, different diets in the family? People want to eat this thing, but it might not be the most healthy for them. You want to give them what they want, but you also have to be the mom and make sure that they're getting something nutritious. So there's just a lot of avenues for opening to guilt in that area. Oh yeah, for sure. definitely. Yeah. Uh, we will have some classes on making over our medicine cabinets or making, um, I think that's what we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Some classes on cleaning and another great area for guilt, right? You know, so I feel, especially in our circles, we talk a lot about the many, many chemicals that especially women use on a, on an average basis. But then when you're talking about home cleaning and the amount of chemicals and endocrine disruptors and cancer causing chemicals that are the normal off the shelf products in your typical grocery store. Yeah. And that in and of itself can invite a lot of guilt. Like you want to have a clean home. You want to make sure that, you know, it's relatively germ free, but on the same hand, do you really want to be cleaning in a way that could potentially cause all these other terrible things. Yeah. Well, and even before I started using essential oils, um, <clears throat> before I knew about essential oils, um, I don't like things with heavy perfumes, mm -hmm. um, especially cleaning products, especially cleaning products. And, um, you know, it was so hard to find something that's unscented. They mm -hmm. all have these fake perfumey mm -hmm. look. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are some of the other topics that we're going to have? Do you remember? Um, well, we're going to do um, in emotions and um, essential oils. We're going to do women's health and hormones again. Um, oh, we talked about doing um, gardening with essential oils. Yes. And then... Uh, a cooking class, maybe not necessarily a cooking class, but more sort of like a potluck where yeah. everybody brings things that they have used um, essential oils with to make. Yes. And then yes. share it. And you just sort of talk about what we've done. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. This is Michelle Astley with Balance Shared a space where I truly believe we are better together.